Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. I have so many regrets. I am battered. My phone is exhausted. Like, I, I don't mean like exhausted, like tired. I mean, it's exhausted all of its use. Uh, I have to buy a new phone. Thanks to Leaf's Twitter. I think um, I realized why my lights were dimming yesterday. It was when you had to plug in your phone to charge it after that Red Wings game. The entire city. Had, I drew power from the entire city. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what is nice? We get to break some big news this morning. What's that? Universal is re-releasing cats with improved visuals. <laughs> Thank God. Not all is bad on a Sunday morning. Uh, you know what? The world is so crazy right now, I actually have to ask you. You're kidding, right? No. Uh, that that no. is 100% true. Shut up. Yeah. Are they actually? Yes. Universal is The movie's already out. That they are going to basically switch the film reels at all theaters or however they do it. And, oh, um, my God. Because that was what the problem was. It was the visuals that was really let the storytelling down. Oh, uh, and that little ring you hear outside is Abby, uh, the resident dummy, the resident four-legged dummy who um, loves Evan. Man, she's into you. Yeah, I could. I would say it's the beard, but you also have one, so I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. She is so uninterested in me, like relative to Mel. Like when I, I get up first in the mornings and I go downstairs and she is curled up on her bed and looks at me like... Could you not? That's like our cat. Yeah. She's essentially a cat. Until Mel comes down, then it's, yeah. you know. Then it's all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, as you guys have, will have noticed, um, the high-pitched whine that you usually hear uh, during episodes of the Winged Wheel podcast is not here. He is sick. Uh, his, I can't know. I don't know which kid it is. Somebody in the household. Someone in the household is uh, pretty sick, and so Brad has been dealing with that. Uh, and apparently didn't sleep sleep a wink last night, and is home alone with his one child. So, I got a solid seven hours, eight yeah. hours of sleep. Great, Same. great sleep. I started getting ready for bed last night at like eleven thirty. That's what being an adult's all oh, about. <laughs> yeah, weekend. Ooh, I stayed up late. It's eleven thirty. Yeah, I'm feeling a little hungover when I go to bed at at one in the morning. Yeah, we got to sleep in today until about eight thirty. I didn't get up until about twenty minutes before you got here. You know what? If I sleep in too much past my regular time, I wake up. I'm destroyed. It messes with you. Oh, if I wake up at like nine thirty when I usually wake up at seven, the next day I'm I'm t- in a total different time zone. The the thing is, I'm not, uh, like, I'm a notoriously bad sleeper. Like, I don't sleep well. I have a hard time getting a good night's sleep. I'm too sensitive to a lot of things. And I'm just, it's just not. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> hey, take it back, man. No, uh, I, I don't, uh, I don't, I'm not a good sleeper. And I love staying up late, but I also appreciate getting up early in the morning. But I just can't put those pieces together, yeah. so I'm just screwed on both ends. For me, it's the it's the motivation of what I'm getting up for. If it's work, it's like oh, I guess. But if it, I can get up at like five a.m. to go golfing, of course you can. Like if it's something fun, like skiing, I can get up at five a.m. No problem, and get out the door, make breakfast, which I never do. But on work days, I literally eat, don't eat till I get to work. All right. So from uh, a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being work and 10 being skiing, snowboarding, where does waking up early for the podcast fall? Well, there will never be a time where I need to wake up early for this because Brad wakes up at like 10 most days. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brad so, goes up. Oh, I've been up since 11 a.m. Oh, wow. Jeez. Wow. What a day. What a day. <laughs> um, welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. And I'm Evan. I feel bad for that stupid Twitter account today. They're going to have to do some work. Oh, yeah. They're going <laughs> to... I don't know how they run. <laughs> it's, that, that, that's, those stats are going to be way off today. The Evan Lobspeaker account. Um, we're going to talk about quite a bit today, just about that one, that last 60 seconds of the Red Wings-Leafs game. Um, for any Leafs fans listening, because you want to continue um, just flooding my mentions with you know, insults and everything, you'll have a lot of good content to work with. Uh, we're going to talk about some funny stuff around the league, do some overtime, and then wish everyone a, a, a happy holiday season because it's... Happy Festivus. Ha- happy Chrysler. 
Maybe we can do uh, the airing of grievances when Brad's back and the feats of strength. I don't think Brad would be able to handle the grievances. Well, the feats of strength he'd lose too because he only has one arm. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Uh, I want to mention that this episode of the Wind Wheel Podcast is, um, you know, I w- it's pretty much sponsored by two people. First of all, uh, Daniel over at RD Woodworking. Uh, check him out on Instagram or at rdwoodworking.ca. They're the ones making our custom podcast table. For those of you watching on YouTube, it's not this one. And also for those of you watching on YouTube, there's not, there's no uh, stuff on the walls yet. So this is going to look a lot better. Um, this is our new studio space, the Pod Loft. Someone mentioned the Octopad which I think sounds like a menstrual product. Yeah, we're not going to do that one. Um, Arjun mentioned the Dub Dungeon, which I, sounds a little bit... Uh, if we were underground. Yeah. yeah, that's what we should have called Brad's Place. Yeah, that one certainly was fitting. So for the time being, it's still a pod loft. Uh, and also Everett, uh, at Born to Dan Hart on Twitter. Uh, he's sponsored a ton of great giveaways, um, both through the podcast and um, himself on the uh, for the Red Wings community. And, you know, recognizing the season of giving, this guy is doing all of this uh, just of his own accord. Yeah, you it's know, actually crazy. Just chatting with him, he does it because he wants to see Red Wings fans enjoy the hockey, enjoy the season, enjoy the game as much as possible. And that's, like, so pure. <laughs> Stuff like that is what makes what brings you together and what helps you get through these crappy, crappy seasons. So, uh, RD Woodworking and Everett, thank you guys, um, and a wonderful holiday. Merry Christmas to you both. All right, the Red Wings. Oh boy, are we ready for this? Poor, poor Calvin. Yeah. Oh yes. I thought he played really well. Yeah, I thought he was fine. Like the 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 team actually had a decent game. And this was be, like, like take away the last minute with all all the, the scrums and the crap and the whatever. Uh, the team actually played well for their own standards and still got killed because yeah. Toronto's a much more skilled team. I, it, to me, it basically just seemed like we were just trying to hold them down as long as possible. We knew we weren't, you know, necessarily. We, I mean, we could win that game, but um, you can only keep Toronto's big guns quiet for so long. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the the. <clears throat> When you're out shooting them like 27-20 or whatever it was at one point, um, and you're rolling a a rookie NHLer on your first line, and then the lines are being jumbled like that, and you're up against Matthews and Tavares and a healthy Marner now. Offensive darling Adam Ernie. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're lucky they escaped without an Adam Ernie goal. Yeah. No, I I don't think that was a terrible, terrible game from the Red Wings. It was a good road game. They just couldn't keep yeah. the foot on the gas. Um, here's the thing this season. When they have a bad game because they're pl- like the team is bad, there's only so much complaining you can do. You'll notice on those games we'll talk a lot more about broader topics like contracts and things like that. If it's a particularly egregious game where it's like, you know, they came out with no effort and everything like that, then that's different. But that's just not what this was. This was run of the mill. Yeah. Better team won. Yeah. I thought the compete was pretty good and uh, we just can't score. Oh man, do you see Matthews go for the uh, the Michigan goal? Yeah, the Svetch, the lacrosse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, um, I think he would have hit it too. But the, there's a lot. Of, it was late in the period. Mick mentioned it, and the the puck rolled on him. Um, what do you feel about that? The Svetch, people calling it the Svetch. He's done it twice in the NHL. He now owns that move. That's see, uh, like as Red Wings fans, you want to say no. It's the Michigan. Like you want to respect um, his name's escaping me. Something leg. Um, yeah, the guy who did it for the Michigan yeah, yeah. Wolverines. Um, and then the lacrosse goal is also a way to, uh, you know, just a generic term for it. But if you do it twice in one season. Yeah, it's your move. When it hasn't been done in like a decade or whenever it was. And you do it the hard way. Yeah. Legitimately the hard way. In the NHL. You you get to own that. Yeah. You you know what? Even just having the balls to do it is impressive. Um, but yeah, you do it twice. It's yours. You can always pay homage to the pioneers. But oh, for that sure. is your move. The you guys, you and Brad uh, talked about like the whole follow through, hit the goalie in the mask thing, right? Yeah. Where'd you land on that? I think we landed somewhere under the I don't know. Yeah, because that's hard. Um, I think I still don't know. I, 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 you know what? You can't make contact with anybody's head in the NHL, regardless if it's your stick or your elbow or any anything. I think if you that 
should be reviewable, which I hate to say because I don't want more reviews. <laughs> Good thing Brad's not here. But it is potentially a dangerous thing. I, I don't know. It's one of those like really like subjective questions. Um, I think if you hit the goalie in the head, it shouldn't count. And with that move, you're going to be real close every time. There's a couple things to consider here. One, there's a lot of like snow and ice shards on your blade, right? That just get whipped into your eyes. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen? That is the worst pain of all time. Two, if a blade shatters, and this is Jeff Merrick's point all the time. If the blade shatters, hits a goalie in the face, that's an eyeball. That Like that's an eyeball. Yeah, because you could come around the net and your stick would hit the post if you're trying to really bang that thing in while you're doing it. And your stick, they basically just explode. And they're just carbon fiber shards. Yeah. It's, but I think if we looked at other aspects of the game, we could really dissect a lot of things to that granularity and come up with the same sort of like, oh, it's kind of dangerous that we allow this, but we do. That's a great point. There's probably a lot of things there, and are we being too nitpicky and avoiding adding the excitement and offense that this game needs to keep growing? Yeah. I think more goals is good, mm-hmm. so long as player safety isn't drastically impacted. You know, this is a vi- How many people are going to do this move every game? This is going to happen. This is the most I've ever seen it. Yeah. It's probably at its peak right now. If it keeps growing, then that's great. Like, if it's a legitimate move, then that's great. Oh, I'm, I'm all for it. We um, we saw who was it? It was uh, Ennis. No, someone was trying it behind the net once, um, or just the other day. Oh, um, I'll look it up. Yeah, there was a good clip of it somewhere on Reddit. I think it's pretty easily it, it's pretty easily defendable if you can see it coming. Um, oh yeah, you basically just put the the puck on your stick like you're carrying it like a server, and then you if you're if the defenseman's cognizant of that he'll he'll just hit it down yeah dante fabro stopped ennis from doing it right uh ennis also that was a terrible attempt like he he like literally just like lifted the puck on a stick and was like carrying it like like a serving plate meanwhile if you really want to do it look how sveshnikov does it with his like scoop and swoop like it's all one motion yeah he's basically the expectations versus reality yeah uh yeah no i'd want to see it stay in the game Fingers crossed that the, that like edge case never happens. Yeah, you know, there's people get hit in the face with slap shots. Should we ban slap shots? I know that's very drastically different, but you know, when you start picking apart different aspects of the game, <clears throat> there is potential for injury with that. Um, but yeah, I agree. More goals are good goals. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of other things that we don't really think of that that could drastically help with goal scoring. It'd be interesting if there... I always think about... Um, I definitely don't think you should be able to kick the puck because I don't really want people kicking the puck when there's a mad scrum and there's you 18 bodies that, laying. You see that goalie try to like uh, high-kick the puck and clear the zone? Yeah, that should be an automatic penalty. <laughs> that could have been... His skate was so close to hitting someone's face. Skate should always be left below your hips. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely not kicking the puck. I would be okay if we relaxed the rule about the kicking motion a little bit. Um, the other one I always think about is high sticks. Like, can we somehow alter the the rules on that to include more high stick? Not high, not like you know reaching over your head, but just like relax it a little bit. If the guy's super tall and you know it's under his shoulders, can we do that? Um, because I'm all on the boat with more goals. People don't care. There's only a very small subsect of the hockey world who like the defensive battles. You don't think that uh, someone's going to get hit in the face very quickly with a stick? People already do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Most players have fake teeth anyway. <laughs> all right. We're, we're avoiding the obvious here, which is the, uh, the last 60 seconds, essentially, of the Red Wings game. Uh, so I'm going to give a breakdown. And then we're going to talk a little bit about how it got presented. Was that game, that last part, a Mike Bil- was it a Mike Milbury minute? No. The last minute of that game? I don't think it was a Mike Milbury minute. I think it's... I meant that game. The game itself encompassed oh, a Mike Milbury minute? No. Please. The Just Red, chaos. The Red Wings tried their best and lost. If that's a Mike Milbury minute, <laughs> we're going to have to start doing those five times an episode. 
Uh, okay, so there was a, a a play at the end of the game where I can't remember who was carrying the puck, but Muzzin Bowie. Bow, was it Bowie? All-star offensive defenseman Mike, uh, Madison Bowie. Skating straight down the boards. Muzzin lit him up for a clean hit. It was not that big. No. It, it, it was, looked it was, a lot bigger on TV, but then when they changed the angle to like across the ice from it, yeah. it was kind of run-of-the-mill. And then Mantha did that thing, which like... I'm going to be, try to be objective here as much as I can. Although. <laughs> but I, let me inject some sub- subjectivity. <laughs> uh, he went in to uh, come after Muzzin for a clean hit, which, uh, God, I hate that so much. I hate it. I already, yeah, I hate all that. I understand, you know, it's a 4 nothing game. Why are you throwing that hit around, blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't that big of a hit. And you know what? Like, If your teammate gets lit up and is hurt and it was like a real bad hit... That's one thing, man. It's just a big hit. And I wouldn't even classify that as a big hit. So Mantha starts to scrum, punches Muzzin in the face first, and then there's just a usual like hockey scrum back and forth. Um, Mantha throws him in a headlock, I believe. And then Muzzin, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it now, has, yeah, has him in a headlock, and then Muzzin has his body behind him, puts it, reaches around, grabs his face with his hand, and then torques him backward. Whether you think this was a leg sweep or not, or he just threw him over his leg, I think is immaterial. Throws him over his leg. The whole like the whole lever situation, like the whole throw, is using Mantha's head as like the the force point, and then Mantha drops Mantha to the ice, forcing his head to slam off the ice. Mantha was down for a long time after. Um, Mantha's already been ruled out for tonight against Arizona, so you already know he's dealing with a concussion. He says, "Thank you." Uh, and uh yeah that was um i i saw a lot of defense of that i'm gonna be honest here i don't think muzzin went into that situation looking for that move i don't even think muzzin went into that situation looking for a fight mantha definitely started he clocked him with a good head snapper right at the start yeah like uh, everyone who's like screaming at me that mantha started it you're right and i don't think that muzzin did this intentionally i don't think that that this was his um his idea going in but the fact of the matter is he still grabbed someone's face torqued his head backwards and used his leg as a fulcrum and slammed his head off the ice whether you think that part was intentional or not i think that's immaterial i think the onus is on you to not head slam someone's head off the ice right like am i being biased here um so when i watched that i didn't really think much of it um (laughs) You know that uh, certainly the outcome is definitely what generated the conversations, if you want to call them conversations. Um, and I watched it a ton of times last night, and I just, I, I really don't, I don't, I don't really see a problem. I mean, there's a problem; someone got hurt, but I don't see it as like this, like. We've seen this a, a thousand times from fights, from scrums, and uh, things like this happen. Um, I don't think there was really anything outside of the normal realm of the physical aspects of of scrum or a fight that like made this more malicious than anything else. So, man, people were all over the map on this one online. People were calling for the full season. There were people that were the complete opposite. I was I just fell somewhere in the middle saying like this the outcome was just a was just the whole situation was was unnecessary. But I just don't see where there's like a suspensionable aspect of this because you know when you're in a scrum and and the fight's happening, like people get taken down and what we see people's heads smash off the ice all the time from fighting. And that's the one thing that people always complain about. So I think it's just another one of those situations. And so I, I, I'm not strongly on one side or the other. Okay. So you think that that's not going to be a, uh, I didn't suspension. Yeah. Like I didn't think there was like an intent to injure. I think, you know, when you, you know, it's easy for us and everyone to sit, sit by and, and analyze the situation where we're not the ones taking shots in a headlock. Yeah. Um, we, people, 
you know what? I, I would probably do the same thing. You 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 need to protect yourself, and uh, you got to get yourself out of that position any way possible, really, other than you know doing something malicious. So I really didn't see a suspensionable act in it. I just think the outcome from it was just as bad as it could have gotten. Like that was the worst case scenario out of the whole thing, and I I, I just. Unless I'm standing right in front of it and there's something I completely didn't see, I just don't see a suspensionable act out of it. You so can, you can prove you can you can sell me on it. I would could be completely open to it. I'm not. I'm on no fence right now. No, no, no. I, and I'm glad you you have that opinion because I think agreeing with me would have made for one bad radio, but two. Um, I want to see what everyone else is seeing here, and I'm not like I didn't see this play and think. Yeah, no, Muzzin went in there looking for this, or I, I think this is this was his intention. Like I mentioned, I don't think this is what he had in mind when the whole thing started. Yeah, Mantha started it. My thought coming into this was no matter what happens, you can't do that. You can't grab someone's head and slam it down. But if your take is that it was just kind of what happens in scrums and it was just a, a, a bad outcome and a, a shitty scenario, then that's like... I'm not like I don't have enough where I can argue with you and say no you're tangibly wrong. I don't think my opinion has changed too much, but I don't think it was I don't think it was intentional and egregiously uh, malicious. Yeah. I can definitely I I think our common ground here is that I think it's a bad outcome that wasn't the intention. If someone could show me a clip of something very similar happening that sets a precedence on a suspension for this, go for it. The thing is you know, if you're and this is my like argument with you a little bit, if you think that it's just a bad outcome and this is just how it goes, I mean, you watched how his head hits off the ice. I don't even think that's the worst outcome, right? Like that could have been worse. It could have been a Pavelski moment. Yeah, for sure. Right. So at that point, don't you have to to put the onus on the players saying no matter what happens, like scrums, getting punched in the face, like those cheap shots, those are as much as they're not within the rules, they're within the realm of what practically happens in the game. Yeah. That move is indefensible. And I think the part that gets me, there's there's two things. It's one, grabbing the face and using the head as, as a point of force, and two, using the leg to sweep under. And that's another thing. Every like that a lot of people were screaming at me. I didn't know what to call it. I said slew foot slash leg sweep sweep slash whatever. And that wasn't to like, you know, lay the seed. That's because I genuinely didn't know what to call it. Everyone was screaming at me. They're saying that wasn't intentional. No, maybe not. Like that's just how his body was positioned. But you combine those two things together, and that's what makes it a dangerous act. A heat of the moment, didn't have that in mind. Definitely like not intentional going into it, but like I just think those two things combined make it dangerous. Uh, I, I just, you know, with the Department of Player Safety, this could be 10 or, or nothing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he's getting fined and that's it. Yeah, so it's until a precedent is set where this type of, you know, slamming a player's head, like in this situation, doing something like that is a suspensionable act. I, I just, it will continue to happen. Um I, I I don't know, you know. Basically, it's one team's star player gets hurt versus another team. <laughs> it happened to be the Leafs, and it's two fan bases on polar ends of the spectrum. And I completely understand why people would be fired up on one side and fired up on the other. It just sucks, really. It, it's you know, there's nothing good that will come out of this, and I don't think. The NHLPA would would lobby any sort of you know increased protection during fights. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know on this one. Um, I, I'm almost as neutral on this as I could possibly get. Um, it's two big boys, and you know the the basically all the stars aligned aligned to make this a bad situation. Now, the, the next thing that happened here was, um, and this is where I had a lot of regrets last night, genuinely. Um, Athanasiu took a run at Kerfoot. Like a, uh, when I say run, I mean like <clears throat> he stuck his knee out and really tried to get him. Like that was a bad. And this is now I'm now I'm in the fight on this one. Yeah, like that's it. That was an egregious knee. Um, it was you, for retribution. That is exactly what we talk about when there's intent to injure and it's outside the, of the scope of of hockey. Yeah, that, 
I, so I saw that clip. I'll tell you what happened here on my end personally. I saw that clip. Um, and then for those of you who don't follow on me on Twitter, like I, I try to post clips of, you know, big parts of games. And part of that is doing it fast. So I saw the clip immediately paused, rewound, uh, and clipped it, put it out there. And then when I resumed only after I'd captioned the clip, cause I said, you know, I think my caption was Athens U takes a run. Uh, and I didn't know at who, so I just left that part out. I said, takes a run and then uh, throws down Hall, um, which he did after, because Hall came after him for throwing that knee at Kerfoot. Um, and I said, as an act of attempted retribution, like this is a format, which it was. Um, and then I didn't <coughs> see the close-up of the knee, like the knee attempt. I didn't realize how yeah, bad it was. Yeah, the first angle wasn't, I don't. I didn't see your, what you clipped, but the first angle did not make how bad or how far he stuck his leg out. Yes. Like, I think you saw that he was taking a run at someone, but like, I didn't really pay attention to it too much. And it looked like- Was your angle like- Oh, this it was game terrible end. for was it like you know end, you're seeing end to end or was it the from broadcast the side, from the bar broadcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Th- that's why it didn't really look like much no yeah and then i saw the replay and i just went oh shit because then like by that point that clip had blown up like along with the mantha clip and everyone was hanging on to it so you don't want to go back and delete something yeah just to make it seem like you're trying to take something back but at the same time like i really should have captioned like athenas you threw a dirty knee yeah, Afterwards. or the 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 second angle. Yeah, that was bad. He was trying to hurt her because then it makes it probably made it look like you had a narrative. Yeah, which I'm sh- you probably oh. didn't. Any any argument or reasonable conversation that I tried to have last night went out the window because <laughs> they hit me with that, and I was like, yeah, fair. Like I tried to go back and say like, no, I saw it after, and then they were just like, okay, idiot, <laughs> okay, Homer. I was like, yeah, all right. Oh God. And then people, the, the personal attacks is what gets me on Twitter. It's like someone's like, keep renting out basements. And I was like, oh, actually, I'm done with that. We're in our first home this now. This is the pod loft. Yeah. Moron. Stupid idiot. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, trash can. And then starts naming neighborhoods in Detroit. And I was like, I mean, it's not there, but also, like, not cool to say all that. He ended up deleting it. I have a lot. Like, there's a lot of screenshots of people saying some pretty ugly stuff and then deleting it. It's really, like, the worst of humanity. If you delete a tweet, you're scum. Like, that's how I feel. Keep like, your tweet out there. It's, uh... I didn't want to delete that Athens CU one because I was like, I didn't want to add more fuel to the fire, but I think I, I probably should have recaptioned it. Regardless, uh, what Athens CU did, intentional, egregious, oh, yeah. dirty. If the Muzzin thing is suspendable, so is Athens CU's. I think his is worse, to be honest. The outcomes were polar opposites. Of course. But uh, not Mantha, Athens CU had a clear objective in that, and that that is. B- Easily a suspensionable offense. If he had connected, he could have ended either his or Kerfoot's career season yeah. at least. Oh yeah, like it, there's a, you know there's no room for that. If you know there's accidents are accidents when things like that happen, but this is clear cut attempt to injure, and it should be at least a game. The the thing is here that. The the outcomes were so vastly different because of Kerfoot very like deftly like got out of the way and put his knee up to reduce the amount of impact. He's the one who saved that play, and really, Athens you should be thanking him. Uh, the whole scrum with Hall after when Hall came after him, or and then Athens went after Hall. I don't know which one it was. Um, and then Athens you threw Hall like people were saying he was trying to throw him on his head. I was like, no, that one I will stand up and defend. Like that was an actual suplex a couple people were telling me that on the top rope yeah a couple people were telling me that muzzin's thing was a suplex i'm like whether or not muzzin's thing was dirty or intentional that wasn't a suplex using someone's your leg and someone's head as a, a lever isn't a suplex athanasius was a suplex right yeah. I, I i don't know wrestling that well he wasn't trying to throw him on his head he was out there trying to injure someone and that, oh, yeah. that you can't take away like it just is what it is neither i the where i land is both plays were stupid and unfortunate, and I don't think one justifies the other. I think, uh, you know, if Athens U wants to go out there and lay a big hit, by all means, dude, light a guy up. Absolutely. Whether or not you, you, if the Muzzin thing happened just as it did, and the reality of it is that Muzzin didn't want to do it intentionally, and uh, it was just a freak accident, Athens U, like, it's part of the game where you still go and lay a clean hit, but you can't do what he did. No. That, no. that could have turned out so much worse. And you know what? Like, do I like the idea of Red Wings players standing up for each other? Yeah. 
I think there's been a lack of passion this year, and I think there's been a lack of emotion and a willingness to to stand up for each other and do the uh, a tough thing. But I think I would like to see Athanasi or whoever rein that in and not go to the degree level. Well, he's going to have to answer the bell the next time they play. Oh yeah, absolutely, and, and that's the reality of this. It's not. It's just such a, a a shitty thing where no one wins, like you said. There's yeah. no winners here. Everyone who's having this argument is going to come out unsatisfied. Unless you're a ticket scalper. Oh, God. The yeah. next game is going to be pricey. Yeah, I was going to say, Red Wings games got have been getting cheap, but the next Red Wings Leafs game is going to be pricey as hell. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some bad blood, and rightfully so. Uh, yeah. Do I think Athanasiu will see? He, he got a two-minute um, penalty for kneeing. So they recognize the knee. I think he might get an additional fine. I'd be surprised if they suspended him. Um, with regards to Muzzin, I really don't know. I, I think they might fine him. There's a chance, depending on how bad Mantha's concussion is, if it is a really a concussion, um, he, he'll get a gain or game or he'll get spoken to and say, like, look, we know that wasn't what you wanted to do going into it. Um, be smarter or, like, know where you're what you're doing with your body. But, like, it's it, all of this is coupled with some pretty like shitty comments, so I won't read any of them out. But a lot of the Leafs fans talk to me are like, "What do you want him to do? He's being pummeled by Mantha." I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? Like, I get how he got to that action." Yeah, it's not like he took his skate off and then stabbed him. No, like I, I you know, if I look at both and I had to, somebody asked me what what are the numbers? Like, what what is this player looking at in terms of discipline? <clears throat> I you know I hate I would hate to be George Barrows this morning. <laughs> um, I think if I had to if I had to be subjective on this, I honestly don't think Muzzin gets anything. And that's probably going to make a lot of people upset. Yeah, and I totally get that. I totally understand why people are super passionate about this. Um, but and I think Athanasiu gets at least a game. I would say two. Do you think so? It was bad. I've seen players, and this is cheap to drag him in. To be fair, I'm I'm doing this completely on the top of my head without any sort of he's not referencing the body of work in terms of precedence that either of these incidents have set. That's just my personal opinion. I think I've I've seen Brad Marchand throw knees like that or elbows or whatever. Yeah, but you have to be a star in this league. Well, I mean, Athens is probably the best third line winger there is. <laughs> Might be. <laughs> Look, I, I don't like what Muzzin did. Uh, I I think at the end of the day, the onus is on him. Um, I'm not speaking to intentionality here. I think what happened sucks, and and what happened just can't happen. Like it just can't exist in the game. Has there ever been a, a suspension giving out from a fight? Because that's no, essentially for sure there has to have been. I, I mean, it's there's Sunday cheap, morning. I have not looked into this at all. Cheap shots and. You know, there's there's, yeah, there's a like million cheap different shots things when are... someone's down on the ice, kind of thing. I just can't think of a time where someone got pulled down onto the ice and got concussed and got a suspension. I'm, you know, if there is a circum a circumstance where that has led to a suspension, then there's precedence for it. Here's where I fall as a Red Wings fan. If Muzzin gets no suspension or like a fine and no suspension, and the league gives a justification that it's like we determined that it was unintentional, et cetera, et cetera. I'd be pissed, but it'd be within the realm of like understanding. You're pissed because your your best player on your team is out and hurt. I would I think Muzzin deserves a game or two purely for the fact that you can't grab someone's head and do what he did. But I would understand if it fell to be more lenient yeah. than that. The justification will need to be very Specific. well thought out. Yeah. Um I think the Athens CU thing, I'd be surprised if he got much. Because I think there's a precedent here. There wasn't a big impact because Kerfoot did get out of the way. I've seen knees and elbows as egregious uh, get uncalled. Yeah, He got the two-minute minor. They might fine him because it wasn't intent to injure, very obviously. Um, but if they suspend him, I think they would not want to suspend him and then not do anything for Muzzin. And I think you might be right that it, not much will come to Muzzin as well. Yeah, I'll I'll say, you know, a game would be, I think a game would be, you know, I'd be okay with that for Athens to you. If it's more than that, more than that, I'll it'll, we'll riot. We'll get the pitchforks. I wish the Athens U never happened. Thing never happened for a couple of reasons. One, you don't want to see a dirty play. You don't want to see. It throws fire on the other side's yeah. argument. 
Yeah, you, you don't want to see your favorite team's player uh, do something like that, and you don't want to see guys injured. And also, you don't want to give justification for their crap, right? Like, if you genuinely believe that they did something that terrible, as a fan, you want to be able to look at that objectively and have both sides come at the argument. And I mean, that's a pipe dream. That's Twitter. It's not going to happen. Two things are only re- are very only s- slightly related, and now we have two sides throwing mud at each other. Yeah, I mean... I had to mute my tweets last night. I was like, I, I can't. It's, Good night, Twitter. Yeah, it was quite a bit. Yeah. Well, who knew we would talk this much about 90 seconds of a hockey game? Oh, man. It's funny because I was typing up the uh, the game notes like I always do it with a few minutes left in the period just like to have a, a template set out. And then... <laughs> well, we'll just delete all that. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, there's already enough fuel in the fire. I didn't put too much in there. <clears throat> well... Um, I guess the other thing that came out of that game is uh, Jonathan Bernie is hurt. Yeah, bubble guts. So uh, we're going to have the Red Wings accountant as our backup now. Is that you? Uh, it might be. It might be. We haven't I, checked I in a while. I put my phone on yeah. vibrate. <laughs> no, the, the, he left the game within like the first five minutes. I think he was bending over like holding his stomach. So he's definitely still sick. Picard's putting down his nachos and hot dog and his diet Pepsi. He's like, uh-oh. Putting it like in his pad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh-oh. Save these for later. Who was it? I can't. There was a goalie who had snacks in his pad. I think Carey Price always tries to sneak snacks on the ice. Probably. Yeah, that sounds like a Carey Price thing to do. Um, Anything else good happen in that game for the Red Wings? No. Bertuzzi scored on the penalty after the Muzzin play to ruin Hutchinson's Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the... Was it Zach Hyman goal? Oh my god, what, that was what, nuts! Was that the uh, no, was that the the breakaway one? The backhand? No, the one where he basically the net came off and then they went. Oh upstairs. yeah, that, yeah, Was yeah. that Zach Hyman? I think that might have been Hyman's second or first <clears throat> two. It was the the first goal of the game. Yes, Hyman. And they originally gave Mike Green a tripping penalty, and the net went off. Kind of made contact with. Was it Picard at that point? I yeah. Think it might have been Picard. Yeah. And they were just going to call a trip. Everyone thought it should have been a penalty shot, and then they called it a goal. And so everyone was kind of like, okay. I clearly do not understand the rules of tripping. Uh, Am I blind? Or, or, now, puck, here, let puck me. First int- doesn't matter anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, they changed that. Because I was going to say, he hit the puck completely first. I still have that like visceral reaction when they hit the puck, when a defenseman hits the puck first. I played defense and I was like, <clears throat> it is so hard to hit the puck first. But no, they've essentially changed the precedent. So if you hit the puck first but still take out their legs, it's a tripping penalty. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I was going to say, because that was a ridiculously nice play by Mike Green for once in his life. I know. I was like, Mike Green, damn. Like, He's all like, and in those like make or break uh, goal situations, he seems to come up big. It's kind of nuts. He rewinds his his, uh, his internal clock. Yeah. No, the uh, it was a tripping penalty by their rules. I was confused at first when they called it a goal, but I went back and looked at it. Honestly, my reaction was, yeah, fine, whatever. <laughs> Who knows anymore? I'm numb. <laughs> a goal comes on the board. That's I think that's good for hockey. I guess. Yeah, I'm numb is the answer to all of it. It's it's taken that long for Toronto to score. Yeah. No wonder they're outside the playoffs. <sighs> Some levity. Uh, after the Taylor Hall trade to Arizona, Arizona put out uh, his team picture, which obviously he wasn't even in Arizona yet, so he couldn't take it. And if you saw it, it's like, it looks hilarious. It looks so weird. Uh, he has this like, weird smile that looks like he's being held hostage. It's awful. Um, Someone on Reddit figured it out. They... Or maybe it's Twitter. Yeah. The internet remains undefeated. They photoshopped uh, Taylor Hall's face onto Darcy Kemper's body. He's way too tanned. Yeah. And they know this because they matched the chest hair from Darcy Kemper to oh Taylor Hall. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they, uh, they, they applied a face filter, like an automatic face filter, to change Taylor Hall's face from a his generic, like, resting bitch face and i know because i have it too um that's what taylor hall has all the time they change it from that to this weird smile and it was an automatic filter and they also found that out because they saw they showed that taylor hall's hair was the exact same it was as in an old team picture with new jersey like oh every strand God. and uh, they applied the same face filter on that and they got the same result did we really need to rush out a picture it's of like, taylor hall in a coyotes jersey also just put him in there with a frown like who cares I think the act of photoshopping a player onto a different player's body just so that you have the jersey set on there is pretty common. 
I think teams don't do it a lot because it looks pretty bad. Like, <laughs> yeah, this one was debunked fairly quickly. It was so funny. Uh, and they'll never live that down. They're going to be using that picture for Taylor Hall for the rest of his career. Oh, I hope that that's the picture they throw up all the time on the yeah. Jumbotron and stuff and just, you know, embrace the weird like we did with Grady. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah, so that was a, a fun little bit of levity. Anything? We have nothing else. I mean, we recorded Thursday night. The holiday season's funny, so not too much else has happened, although we can't complain. We had 90 minutes of content. Why would we put? why would we put NHL games on a Friday night? No, that'd be ridiculous. Uh, all-star captains were named. Oh, yeah? Who's that? Pasternak, McDavid, Ovechkin, McKinnon. Shocker. Yeah, Everyone is surprised. They still should have given it to... Uh, Lindblom's his name, right? Yeah. Ovechkin is now an evil man. I, I, poor Ovi. It's not his fault. Yeah. I want to see Oscar Lindblom go. Although, I don't even know if he'll be able to go. It's in a couple months. He might be undergoing treatment. Yeah. Uh, regardless. It was yeah. nice of the community. Um... The, the the rest of this week, what it looks like for us, so we're approaching the holiday break here. Um, for those of you who are just following for the first time like this year, um, we do try to take a little bit of a break. Uh, so for Christmas Day, which is this Wednesday, um, we will be skipping that episode. Um, our plan was to have a uh, Patreon exclusive episode ready to go for you guys. But with Brad's kids selfishly being sick, uh, I don't know if this was Mika or his newborn. Um, we're going to have to put that. Uh, delay that a little bit we will be back maybe next week i'm not sure the 29th i will have nothing going on yeah so we'll we'll have to see um i should be back i'll definitely be back in town by then so uh stay tuned for that we're going to be taking a break for at least uh, one episode here and uh, follow us on twitter if you don't and uh, you'll get updates there um <clears throat> another potential talking point is um the rangers Elias oh, Anderson has yeah. requested a trade. And, you know, at first I didn't really think too much about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, disgruntled former top 10 pick. Uh, name me something that I haven't heard before. The only the thing that pricked my ears up was Detroit was actually targeting him in the draft yes. in 2017. Because uh, he went at seven. Yeah. And Detroit got uh, Rasmussen at nine. Yeah. So that's when I started to ponder that a little bit. Okay, so I heard that as well. My thing is, and I hate to throw water onto a fire here, but um, that was a different group. That was the Ken Holland draft team. That was the, um, oh God, I can't even remember his name anymore. The former head of uh, amateur scouting, the former Chris Draper. It's way too early for me. Uh, Right, Tyler Wright. Yes. Uh, Yeah, that was his draft team. Draper would have been involved at that point, but still. Um, So I, I don't know if I would carry that over at all, but... This is a centerman. I think he's been playing center. I haven't been following his career, but he hasn't really produced. He's been I, averaging less than 10 minutes of ice a game. He's Yeah, he's been on a terrible fourth line, but he hasn't been producing the AHL either. Um, this very well could be a situation where like the AHL systems are similar to the NHL system. So he's just had no chance to succeed at all. Um, you don't usually find rookies or young guys like this asking for trades unless they're being... You know, tanked left, right, and center, which might be the case. It's a, the the news article said he's no longer with the club, so I don't know what exactly that. Probably he's in Europe or something. Or yeah, this was the guy who threw the uh, silver medal into the stands, right? Yeah, yeah, that's funny. I need more of that in my life. So if we could uh, make a package for him, that would be excellent. Yeah. The but uh, the, the problem with like trying to trade for guys like that, it comes out. It's just it's like the Yessi Puliarvi effect. Like team, the team who has values him at his pick still. The team who doesn't have sees a guy who's just wasting away. And where do you find that common value? I would love to take a flyer on a guy like this guy. We did it with Perlini. We did it with Fabry. Like, why not? It, what's the flyer though? Like, what's it going to cost? Yeah, I don't know. Because if people they would, was- they would assume it's the Rangers will think it's way too much. Because if this is like a high round pick or Athanasiu or something, that's just immediately like a non-starter. No. If you're including like a Georgiev in there, hell yeah, take Athanasiu. Oh, yeah. But, and the Rangers potentially do have a bit of a goalie jam, depending what they want to do with Lundqvist. But yeah, they're going to value Anderson super high. We're going to not va- – every team will basically value Maza. Yeah. But they're going to want a big return-ish yeah. for that, so – it's tough to move guys when they've 
it's only been two years since they've been drafted. Yeah, and people have been asking for scouting reports. I truly don't have an accurate one for him since he's been in the league because of the reasons that Evan mentioned. Like he's not had the playing time uh, or the results. Um, I think it definitely is a, a red flag when a guy has produced nothing, but it's not a red flag that can't go down once you consider the circumstances that we've talked about. If yeah. it's a low-cost flyer, hell yeah, I'm all for it. If yeah. You, if you want to add him in a, as a sweetener in a package with like a Georgiev being the main piece coming back, hell yeah. Well, he's still on his ELC, right? So it would be foolish for New York to let him go for nothing because a contending team would salivate over having an ELC contract to to improve their depth. I would want to know if he's a true center. Um, I yeah, I have no idea. When you play less than ten minutes a game, how can you possibly give a tangible evaluation of that player? If if this is if this is a guy who's going to come in as a winger, I'm not sure I want more of that. It all depends. If it's us, it really depends on the team, right? Like if if uh, a depth winger goes down and you don't want to really mess with your AHL depth sure yeah um besides that we'll see i i it's hard to gauge eisman's interest he has dealt a lot obviously when he was in tampa bay it seems like every day they were training with new york and uh gordon so um they're definitely familiar with each other so you can count on the fact that eisman's given him a call oh yeah um it, it's just part of his due diligence really as a gm i think part of what i'll do over the holidays look a little bit more into it uh, try to get a little bit more of a scouting report. If there's any Rangers fans or people who are uh, familiar, uh, feel free to update us. Uh, should we head over to um, overtime? How what's our, what's our runtime? You're you're closer to the oh. quarter thing here. It's right. Eighty nine minutes. What does it? It says eight no. nine. No, you're reading upside down. Anyways, uh, we're going to head over to Overtime, uh, which for this episode of the Wing Wheel Podcast is brought to you by Motor City Garages. They're a family-owned and operated business servicing Metro Detroit. They do everything. It's counting down. It's counting down? Evan, stop that. Oh, I'm a dummy. The big red numbers. Red numbers. 46 minutes. Freaking jeez. Oh. Uh, that's a recording time left, and that's a recording you time. You scared the hell out of me. I was like, well, it's counting down? Oh, no, we just wasted a whole episode. Ugh. This episode of the Wind Wheel Podcast Overtime segment is brought to you by Motor City Garages. They're a family-owned and operated business servicing Metro Detroit. Uh, they do garage flooring, cabinets, overhead racks, wall storage, debates, <laughs> <laughs> debating uh, dirty plays in Red Wings and, and Leafs games and everything to do with your car. Enough of messy garages. Everyone is sick of walking through. It's time to turn it into something useful. Whether you like to work on your car or if you'd like an organized space, we have you covered. 3D designs and a lifetime warranty. Motor City Garages park in style. We're going to head over to Patreon where our patrons get their comments read out as our way of saying thank you for supporting the show. Um, I know we put this up a little bit late last night. The holidays kind of messes everything up here. Uh, Garrett TV says, Hockey Amigos, I'm back with some more spicy takes from the Jim Montgomery rumor mill. Turns out the stars may have actually may have material evidence that he won, put up Christmas decorations the day after Halloween. Um, first of all, that's not a crime. Uh, number two, he was caught texting while walking very slowly down a crowded public staircase. That's bad. Oh, man. Uh, three, thinks Friends was better than Seinfeld. No. Four, was willing to entertain conversation with a flat earther. It's still too early to tell what really happened, but I'll keep pushing for more insider info. All right, let's generate some more. Um... I want, I want, what's a good one here? Uh, Jim Montgomery picked Bulbasaur. Bad. As a starting Pokemon. Yeah, I'm sure you know there's a lot of leaf, leaf type stands in this oh, uh, fandom, though. What did you go? You used to strike me as a Squirtle guy. Jim Montgomery liked the ending of How I Met Your Mother. I didn't watch that show, but I'll, I'll, I'll accept your take. It's a mercy that you didn't. Jim Montgomery's favorite season of Game of Thrones was the final. Oh. <laughs> Fight, firing him is, is light. <laughs> yeah, that should have been expected. Uh, question, though I'm posting this before the Leafs game starts, what are your takes on the long-term perspectives from an Athenasiou, Luke Glendening helm line? Hasn't been great yet, but I'm actually quite intrigued by it for the, some strange reason. Keep your sticks on the ice this holiday season, boys. Cheers. Let's go, Red Wings. Uh, I mean, sticking Athenasiou on a line with two non-high-end players is always going to be tough for him. He's a guy who needs talent to thrive. So, yeah. There's going to be the odd play where Helm with his speed will generate space or Luke Lindening will pull a Luke Lindening and, and create something. But the reality is those guys are third liners. 
That's like an all-star beer league li- yeah. line. Uh, Liz B says, I've been thinking about this since last draft lottery season or since the draft lottery last season. If you miss out on a playoff spot, you should not have a shot. If you just miss out on a playoff spot, you should not have a shot at one of the first three picks. So keep lottery participants to the bottom seven or eight teams. And you, if you get the first pick, you should be ineligible to get it again for the next three seasons or something like that. The fact that New Jersey could end up being Edmonton 2.0 in terms of getting number one picks is ass nine. There has to be a better way to do this. Also, the Leafs can suck it. I hope they never make the playoffs only to lose to Boston in the first round again or miss then watch Carolina get the second or third pick with Toronto with the pick Toronto traded to them. So we actually missed this last episode. Uh, but the reason we were uh, having a hard time with that Carolina pick in Tankathon was because it's the pick that Toron- Toronto traded them to take Marlowe is uh, lottery protected. And we completely oh, forgot about okay. that. I, um, I would love the top three to be protected from four to 15 16 you think top three should be guaranteed top three Th- uh, yes i think top five we've okay top five whatever because there is a, a definite difference in teams trajectories for the most part from the the guys who just missed by a point and could have they had one bad game that to the new jerseys the la's the detroit's like those teams need a lot more help yeah. But I don't do I feel bad for New Jersey? Absolutely not. They're doing the they're the new Edmontons. Uh K-Waz says Jake Muzzin is bad and should feel bad after that slew foot of Mantha. Uh that was an ugly, ugly play. I wonder if the wheel of justice will spin fairly. No chance. Uh, I will say Tyler Bertuzzi may be having the best season of his career. He keeps leading the team in goals. Edit holy moly Leafs Twitter after you called Muzzin's very obvious slew foot dirty Ryan. Logic is hard, I guess. Screw the Leafs, Merry Christmas. Yeah, it was uh I might get roasted by our fans. It comes with the territory. Yeah, you might. I might get might get eaten by our own people. Haroon Khan says, hey, guys, I hate Jake Muzzin, but it's possible we might sign him now in the offseason. Also looking at the Ottawa Senators, I think this is a clear sign that Blashill has got to go. DJ Smith has been able to keep his team very competitive, and they're actually pretty close to 500. They also have a lot of injuries to their defense. Yeah, we need to tank, but let's get a new coach in and help develop the young guns and also get acclimated to the team now. Also, is there a chance that Detroit makes a trade with the Rangers for Leas Anderson? God, I hate the Leafs, and let's go Red Wings. I am... You know, as the season has now progressed and more and more coaches have found the door, I am fully on. I would love for us to bring in Peter DeBoer. Oh, yeah. I would love to bring in DeBoer. <clears throat> or- he took that goaling, goalie tandem to the Stanley Cup finals. Yeah, that guy made the playoffs almost every year with like an 850 goaltender. Yeah, he basically was the victim of a team that just had terrible goaltending. Matthew Tang's run says Tang's Red says, Hey guys, long time, no comment. First of all, I just want to mention that my last name is pronounced Tang's Rude. Tang's Rude. Not that you pronounce it badly. Believe me, others have said it worse. Anyways, my take on the shenanigans at the end of the Toronto game is that the wings need to be showing more of a fight during the game rather than going around and jumping guys in the last couple of minutes. That they're losing for nothing. I think Muzzin should get some sort of discipline for the way he took down Mantha, but why Mantha's jumping a guy like Muzzin is beyond me. I just don't see a benefit to going after guys like that while getting blown out on the scoreboard. Just seems like sour grapes, and now Mantha's likely out for a while again as a result. Anyways, enough of the doom and gloom. Merry Christmas, you guys, and to all the Dub Dub family. It's great to have this community of fellow Wings fans to be a part of and commiserate together with. Thank you guys for all you do and the ability to share and listen to opinions and for starting the Dub Dub family. Hopefully we get the gift of the top pick in the draft and all this pain will be worth it. Stay fresh, cheese bags. God, I hope so. Evan Beckner says, gentlemen, the last time I brought you one of my favorite cocktails, the Irish coffee. Uh, inspired by tonight's game against Toronto, I will bring the recipe for a new cocktail I fell in love with. Whiskey. Pour any ounces of any kind of whiskey into the biggest glass you have. Mug, stein, garbage can, whatever is available. Drink until the paint stops. Oh, sounds nice and complex. Um... Furk Muzzin, Athanasi was justified. Toronto sucks as much as its fans. Edit, oh my god, Toronto Twitter. I'm so sorry for you guys. Why did you even bother tweeting this game at all? Oh, because uh, we're broken. And um, it's our quasi-obligation now, and uh, I regret a lot of it. (laughs) But... We'll keep doing it. Uh, we have time for some Reddit comments and some Ask WWPs. The Magic Man 1343 says, What key pieces do we have left to obtain to start competing again? <laughs> yes. Uh, starting goalie. Uh, Stud defenseman. True number one defenseman. Um, another top two center. 
we need everything. We need a 40 goal scorer. Yes. We we need everything still. You 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 need literally the number 1 at every position right now. That's it. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but that's it. Uh, we don't have that franchise franchise tag player yet. Um Shale Ravengard says best movie bank heist scene. Oh, that's a good question actually. Best movie bank heist scene? Yeah. I like uh, What was the the road? No, not the road. Uh the block. What was the one with um Ben Affleck? And was Matt Damon in that? I don't know. What the, the hell town. was that? The town. The town the town was good. That was I good. love the town. Uh I'm a big fan of the town. That's a good one. I like any of the Oceans movies. As, yeah, the original one was was quite good. As corny as they are, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of those. There's just I'm honestly any heist scene I'm a huge fan of. Yeah, what about um, the opening scene of um, uh, the Dark Knight? Oh, that's a boom. I wouldn't think obscure. About that yeah, but that's a really good one too. Oh boy. Um, wasn't there just a female version of Ocean's Eleven or something come out? Was it Ocean? Wasn't it like a remake, but an all-female cast? There was a heist movie, and it had to do with the Met, the Met Gala. Uh, <sighs> I'm not sure. And it was an all-female cast, and Mel and I went to watch it. And it was actually super entertaining. It was really good. I just haven't had enough time rewatch with rewatching Cats. <laughs> My movie time is just fully booked right now. Actually, I've watched the first four, five episodes of The Witcher. Oh, I've, I'm on episode two. Thoughts? Good. I thought, you Have you played the games or read the books? Never. I've yeah. seen gameplay. I, I've watched gameplay before, but never. Is it confusing for you? You, I can tell that I'm jumping into a very well-established world, and they're not giving you lead-in. No. Catherine was like, who's this? Who's yeah. that? And like, someone comes on screen for the first time. I'm like, oh, yeah. And Catherine's like, doesn't get it at all. Yeah. So I have to explain to her their their fittings in of the realm. Um, I appreciate that they're doing that. I don't think everything needs hand-holding. Thank God. I kind of want to do some work as I watch. I, I don't like watching with subtitles because I'm a bad, I'm guilty of reading them more than watching the yeah, screen. So I turn sure. them off. But then very quickly, I was like, between their British accents and like they're using words that aren't real words. I was like, I, I need to remember these. Yeah. I didn't know um, Mouse... What's his name? Mel Soccer. What the sorcerer's name? The it's dude. escaping me right now. Yeah. But yes, I know who you're speaking of. I didn't know what his name was until captions. I didn't know what they were saying. Nilfgaard, and I couldn't. I didn't, <laughs> Nilfgaard. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like Northgard. What? It, there is. I. You know what? I've re- realized that as well as I'm watching the show. I find it very hard to pick up what some people are saying. I don't hate that they're doing that. I really don't hate that they're doing that because they're just kind of. Uh, I don't know. Like they're 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 making the focus more on the show than like giving like wanting as many people to watch as possible. They know they're not going to get that audience. Yeah, and they just want to make the show as good as possible. So they're skipping the exposition, and I think that's refreshing. And we also need to remember how awful, well, not awful, but low budget the first season of Game of Thrones felt. Yeah, when you go back and rewatch it, it it doesn't even seem like the same show. Yeah. So. You know, as someone who played a lot of the video games, I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. Um, Henry Cavill is carrying this. He's he's Nathan McKinnon of this cast. I love Henry. I love Henry Cavill and everything that he's in. And I'm so glad the fight scenes are so good in this show. Dude, the uh, in he's huge. He's jacked. Like, he's a freak. And that definitely is what is causing these fight scenes to be so well done. The first fight scene in the alley in Blavigan. Oh, it's crazy. I was like, I've never seen sword fights like that. Like, it, Yeah. You can have good sword fighting, but it still looks like traditional sword fighting. That was like brutal. That was just like whole. And I, f- I think because a lot of people are, when you, when you look at, I'll just continue to use Game of Thrones because it's an easy reference. A lot of people aren't like physical specimens and swords are stupidly heavy. So they have to do a lot of editing to make these fight scenes convincing. Whereas Henry Cavill is a monster. Yeah. And they don't have to edit it nearly as much. There's obviously a ton of choreographed movements, but he really sells that he's a master swordsman. And the thing is, I'm glad you pointed that out because my biggest takeaway was 
they his sword fighting shows how strong his character is. Yeah, because he move he makes like brutal cuts and he moves through it like butter. And I'm yeah, just like oh my yeah. god. So you know, considering it's a first season of this show and they've greenlit a second season, it'll only mature and get better. So uh, I'm very biased, but I've really enjoyed the first five episodes. Remember when Brad defended the last season of Game of Thrones? He did. Yeah, for like weeks. Why do we still invite him to come? I don't know, man. Because it was at his house. I don't think we have to. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> wow. I can't believe you defended that. Uh, we have some... Uh, there's a Twitter question. Sean C. says, When will I become numb to the pain that is the season? Would it be wise to bring Cider up for a few games or just keep him away for his own mental stability? Thanks for leading us all through the desert towards brighter days, my dudes. I think bringing him up this year for at least a little bit would be smart i think it would give the fans what they want i think it'll give cider a well-earned taste of it i think it would have to come post world juniors like it was gonna come post world juniors regardless um seeing him in the world juniors will be a refreshing thing the whole holidays will be just refreshing for red wings a good thing to do would be to bring him up closer to the end of the season because then it gets people excited people in the door first of all because it's going to be a ghost town and then it gets people excited for the future. They can't just keep parading out this unit and not have some progression from the up-and-coming players. They need to inject some of the rookies. I would even be excited if they bring up Joe Valeno for five games. Oh, for sure. Just I- bring us somebody who's a prospect who has some promise, and that'll get the fans excited again. Uh, we have time for one more question here. What's the, What are the big red numbers at the top, Evan? What are those? Um, 101. Ah, okay. He's learning. A uh, uh, question from Lazarus80 on Twi- on uh, Reddit says, I've always wondered what the difference between a player like Pumple and Zadina is in terms of point production translations to the NHL. Would I expect the same point production from Pumple to, uh, as Zadina, or is the AHL that different from the NHL? What skill assets do better in the AHL compared to the NHL? So it's tough because you have guys like Pumple outscoring Zadina. He might be right now. Um or, you know, AHL career AHLers outscoring these supposed like rock stars who are just in the AHL temporarily. Um, and that's for a few different things. First of all, the AHL is still a professional hockey league. You're playing against men. It's hard to play against. You're not just going to walk in there and light it up like it's the OHL or it's, it's a new scenario, right? Yeah. Um, things that help you in the AHL size, uh, strength and experience. Like it, you, I, you sound like an old time hockey guy there, but if you had those things set, you're kind of free to do more on the ice. A guy like Zadina, he's smaller, he's younger, he's not used to that pace of play, he's not used to being hit that hard, he's not used to having his space eliminated that quickly. And there's a lot of guys who've played in the NHL who just regressed and now they're a career AHLer. So they're, the skill is much higher than yeah. people give it credit for. Even when you look at like the OHL, for example, you really got, you look at the top. 20 in scoring you really do have to work to figure out who the overagers aren't yeah are not yeah um because you'd be like wow this guy's unreal like how is he not playing in like professional hockey and then you realize he's 21 years old and he's playing against 17 year olds yeah. that's why and that's like uh the fact that that's so consistent throughout those leagues just goes to show like it happens in every single league, basically. When a young guy, and it's so easy to lose sight of that because we talk about Zadina and like what he can be and what he will be and what his ceiling is and his potential. You forget that he's not there yet. People kind of lose sight of the fact that you you do get better over time in hockey. Like you still do progress over time. A lot of guys who are now regular NHLers producing at the NHL level spent time in the, the AHL. And the one I always think of outside of Nikita Kucherov is Brad Marchand. Mm-hmm. He played in the AHL. Everybody's got different roots and how they do it. And not everybody can jump into the NHL day one and produce. Yeah. There's only the very, very, very elite people who have that skill set who can adapt that quickly. I mean, if you, you want to talk about it, like I, I love Nathan McKinnon as an example because when he came in, people started calling him a bust because he wasn't what he is now. People were expecting Crosby and people have to stop doing that because you'll literally only see in all likelihood, one or two Crosby's a generation. I mean, we might have two on the ice right now in Crosby and McDavid, but I digress. Yeah, it's tough. You know, when you're a kid in the junior hockey, you're living with a billet family who cooks all your meals, does all your laundry, and then you get to the NHL. If you don't have a roommate or live with one of the veteran players, it's a completely different lifestyle. Oh, yeah. And it's the grind of the NHL. It's already hard enough, let alone being a, a kid in that league so you know do you 
you got to give them at three years to really see what they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be like a needle in a haystack for the guys who, who come out of juniors and, and light the world on fire right away. With that, um, let's wrap up this week's episode and uh, head out to our holiday break. Um, everyone, please have a safe and happy holiday. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you all. Relax. Drink responsibly. Um, enjoy time with family and friends. Uh, we'll be back with you eventually, probably next week. Uh, we'll, we'll take a probably one episode break here. Um, enjoy the break. Don't stress about hockey. Don't stress about Twitter. Just take the time to rewind, recharge. Hey, World Juniors is starting in, yeah. in like four days, and we didn't even cover that this yeah. episode. Thank you guys for an amazing um, 2019 so far. You'll hear from us before the new year. Uh, we want to thank our uh, name level sponsors. Uh, that is Everett at Born to Dan Hard on Twitter. Um, RD Woodworking. Go to rdwoodworking.ca. I hate poutine and the lions. Scott Martin, Luke Johnson, Mitchell Shinkowski, Arjun Shanker, Hassam Al Kassem, Clayton Van Dyken, Mike Reed, Aaron Taylor, Langabeer, Matthew M Rice, Kayla Thompson. Ryan Lewis, Sean Levine, Matt McKay, Hannah Lee, Kaylin Wood, Jacob Turner, Charlie Elkins, John Evans, Rob Thiel, Craig Kibble, Stan Olson, Ryan Lewis, Danny Jr., Kwaz, and Simon Anderson. Holy. Thank you all so much. We love you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.